welcome back to another episode of your not so anonymous journal this episode this week is one that is probably the most special that i've ever recorded and i'll tell you why the guest that is coming on this week her name is jade destiny and her mom has passed away almost one year ago so on april 1st 2022 her mom had passed and this past year of her life she's been navigating the ups and downs of grief something that nobody knows how to deal with when you're handling it you know firsthand and so personally I did not know when that date was and I did not know obviously when that one year mark would be and so Jade and I were actually on a call together I forget when but she was telling me that on April 1st was the one year mark of her mom passing and so I had thought about it and I knew I wanted to have Jade on the podcast at some point regardless just because she's such an amazing human being who just you know like me we have mental health days we have mental health struggles we've gone through our fair share of crap and I messaged her and I just said hey I would love to dedicate the episode that's dropping on Monday April 3rd to your mom And we talk about your story and listening to how you've navigated the last year, how it's changed you as a person, and really just being someone who talks about a topic that that's not talked about enough. Grief is not talked about enough. And I think Jade has learned so much and is obviously still going to be learning for the rest of her life how to deal with losing a loved one and not having... A significant person that should be in your life not be there anymore and so yeah this is also just a quick trigger warning for anybody who feels like grief is a sensitive topic or losing a loved one or just that overall feeling of loss and so if you don't feel as if this episode is something you can you know have on your plate and you just want to skip in, wait for the episode next week, that is totally fine. And if you are still here to listen, I hope you enjoy it. And I hope you enjoy Jade because she is so amazing. Also, I can't believe that my message notification just went off at the very end of that because my message notifications, I've learned obviously how to put do not disturb on my phone, but when it comes to my laptop, guys, throughout the entire episode... And this has happened in all my other episodes. I will get a text and my laptop will literally notify me and it makes a noise and I hate it. And I've yet to figure out how to make that stop. So maybe I'll try to figure that out right now. But anyways, just ignore it. I like to say this podcast is more about the message that we're spreading, less about the background noise, all that good stuff. So anyways, enjoy the interview. Okay, bye. Jade, I am so excited that you're on this episode of Your Anonymous Journal. Yes, thank you for having me. For everyone listening, my name is Jade Destiny. Um, Sarah recently asked me to come on and just talk about my um, experience with grief, um, which has been a just a ride, just a ride that I never wanted to be on. Um, but yeah. It's super interesting, my perspective on your journey with grief as of like right now, because I've witnessed your journey through some of our conversations 
like offline, but seeing your journey like online as well in terms of you being honestly one of the more open people that I've ever witnessed be open about your journey with your mom passing almost a year ago. And I just think it's so amazing to see how you're navigating. But I mean, it's just you being open on social media is just it's it's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I appreciate that. I very much learned a while back being in the online space that, um, well, first of all, I'm a cancer. So we're emotional to the T to begin with. Um, So just a lot of these moments of life, um, it just heightens a lot of that. And um, I just knew that my community and my space and my story, I wanted to be all facets of me. I didn't want to just show up the bubbly, enthusiastic Jade. And then as the camera turned off, I'm like crying my eyes out. Right. I, and that is also a big part of two of why I started my 365 fat portraits. They were originally self portraits. Cause I really did begin as documenting this grief journey um, to where now it's kind of evolved into a self and body empowerment moment. Um, But I very much think, again, we need to be having more conversations around grief, um, around emotions and around mental health. I agree. Not a lot of people talk about it enough. And I was telling Mike earlier, I was like, this is going to be probably one of the harder episodes for me personally to record just because I'm fortunate to not know what a deep grieving process looks like. I mean, my grandma passed away in 2017, but those are the expected kinds where yes, it's sad, but it's also something that you were like, okay, if this does happen, I understand that it's happening because, you know, she's old or they were sick or whatever it was. And so I don't have personal experience in the arena of grief that, that you do. And, you know, we were just saying that on April 1st, it'll be a year since your mom has passed. And like I said, your journey has been quite amazing, especially because you were just saying like, you're turning your 365 day fat portraits into something that you're embodying and creating like a a positive thing. And I know we talked about how that's the one thing that you commit to yourself every day. Like that seems to be like almost like a highlight of your day. Yeah, it is. Um, And it, and it pulls me from the dark cloud, even if just for 20 minutes. Um, and yeah, so this Saturday will be a year. And this this question has come up too, and it's not in a sense comparing, but you know, the question of, you know, would you rather an unexpected death versus a death you know that's coming? Because again, they're sick and they're the at the end of the day it's death and a life has been lost. And so like, I think each come with again, a different journey of grief and a different processing that you might have to do. Um, With my mom, it was very unexpected. Again, it started as a normal day and ended as a nightmare when, and this is a big part too of Um, I believe this unexpected piece, um, there is a level of um, just trauma of always having that in your head of like, we've pronounced her dead. Right. And 
literally as they said that all I could do was fall to the floor and um I started hyperventilating um they were like you have to get off the floor you have to like sit up and it's like I I can't function like I can't move things to even get off the floor because again like you know one second you have plans to do something and the next this person's gone like forever right not a phone call not a text you don't get to hear their voice again like I will never say mom again like that those things like they stay with you and so like as we are leading up to this this year mark like I very well look back on this last year and I think like I honestly don't know like how how to process doing a year of life without a parent, without my mom. We did it somehow. Um, but um it has been by far the hardest year of my life. And as you were telling me that story, something and in, in, in terms of you saying I couldn't move. It felt very hard to move. Uh, This one time actually was like two summers ago, Mike and I were mini putt-putting and he got a call from his dad saying, you need to come to the hospital. Your younger sister just got hit by a car and we don't know what condition she's in. And I feel like I handle situations like that very well, but he literally could not move. He was paralyzed. And I remember he we got him to the car and he was like, I have no idea. Like, my, I can't feel my legs. I can't feel my arms. If somebody called me right now, I wouldn't be able to pick up the phone. I don't know how to feel right now. Because how are you supposed to ever know how to feel? You're, it's not like you're sitting there every day being like, when, when is the shoe going to drop? Wh- what's going to happen to somebody? That's no way to live. So it's like when something like that happens, so out of the, out of the blue, you're like, how are you supposed to know how to feel and how to react? Right. And, and honestly, like it literally is a mix of uh, like adrenaline and shock to where again, like you do go numb and you do freeze. And again, like things just don't feel like they're working. I, I couldn't breathe. I couldn't stop crying. Um, I could not, like, they were trying to pull me off the floor and I, like, could not, like, even, almost like I I just went stiff. Like, I couldn't even bring myself to, like, move with them to get up off the ground to where eventually I got in a chair. And then again, you just, I look at my dad and I look at my sister and, like, we're all looking at each other, like, is this a thing? Like, we're all numb. We all can't move. We all can't comprehend, like, what we were just told. Like, this is not, I literally, I think I re- I remember screaming, this is not real. Like, where we were, like, this is not happening. And again, too, again, like, just something I'll never forget, looking at my father, like, they were together for 30 plus years. And the love of his life, his best friend, the wife to his children is now gone. Yeah, like she was our mom, but like it's just a different level. And to watch that processing and his level of, you know, trying to figure this out, like that is something that 
was very hard in the moment. Absolutely. And I just want to say thank you for sharing. And I'm happy that this can be a place where you can open up about this. I really do hope that we, this episode gives you life and meaning and life and meaning to your mom as well. Um, And something that I think I really want to touch on within this episode is your specific grieving process, because I think that this is a part that, like we were just saying, nobody talks about it enough. Nobody knows. There's no blueprint to grieving. And you've been navigating it for a year now. And I'm curious at like what moment in time did you start to like, when did it hit you where you were like, I need to start figuring out, figuring out how to cope. I need to figure out how to do this life without my mom. The amount of time the shock stays with somebody, again, I feel like it differs for people. Um, And again, it might not be as severe as the shock as the day it happened, but I feel, I still feel like the shock travels with you of just, again, you have so many firsts, especially in this last year of like, so um, she passed April 1st um, after Easter, it's Mother's Day. And then it's my birthday. And so again, it's just these, and you think about to just the future, like she won't be at my wedding. So like grieving is continual. Like even the other day, um, I was working at a restaurant job and um, not many people end their phone calls like this. My mom did, but I'm on the phone taking a to-go order and um, the lady goes, okay, ciao. And that's just, again, something that not everybody says, but like that is something my mom said all the time. And so it's, 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 you know, in that moment though, I had to take a deep breath because I was working and I was like, I don't want to have a moment here. Um, Those moments too, just remind you, like, they're still here. They're still with you. They're, they're saying like, you know, you're okay. Like you can do this. There's been a couple of those times throughout this last year where it's just, creepy like it right. really creepy I feel like within the first month I was out to uh dinner with a friend and I said to him I said I just haven't seen her I haven't seen a cardinal I haven't seen her in a dream like I just I haven't seen her and um as we were leaving the hostess says Tina party of three Tina was my mom's name and it was like okay But yeah, so through this last year, I think the hardest thing for me has been what I'm calling like grief anxiety and or feeling on my end that like everybody knows that I'm the sad person or like my mom's dead, you know, like for example, like even driving home today from work and I knew I was coming to record this podcast, like I started to tear up. Or, um, again, if I, when I was at work and had that order, if I started to cry, then I would have to explain it. Or again, when you have these different moments, there's always this level of like, am I going to be okay? Do I need a minute? Who's going to say something? Who's not going to invite me again? Like, and then again, this idea of being the sad friend where again, like, are people not inviting me right now because they know what happened? I feel like everyone in the room knows 
my mom died and, and, or like if there's somebody that doesn't and then a comment comes up or a conversation comes up, it's like, oh yeah, let me tell this story again because that's what it is. That's really been the hardest because when you're on a grief journey, you just want to feel quote unquote normal. You want to feel better. And I kind of, the metaphor I'm kind of thinking of is like grief is, is a ball that you have to pick up and carry every day. And on any given day, it's lighter or heavier, but you can't drop it. It, you have to hold on to it and, or it holds on to you no matter how heavy it is, what you have to do. And that's very much why I correlate. I, I was thinking about this the other night of like, like, I wonder if like grief is a subset of depression. Like it, like, are they one in the same or are they, is grief just a subset of depression? So you are both depressed and grieving. Like that is just a world nobody wants to be in. Let me tell you. Right. And I, it's, it's when you say that, I think about my anxiety and I always feel like when I'm anxious, I'm going through this, like, especially when it's like a long-term version of just anxiety every single day for a week or a couple months. And I'm just like, am I depressed? Am I anxious? I don't want to be just tossing out these words, but it's also going back to childhood too, right? It's like how we were raised and the things we experienced as a child and the way that our nervous systems were able to adapt and learn to certain circumstances and events that have happened have then altered the way that we deal with something that's traumatic. And that goes for any kind of trauma. So it's like, I always think back, I'm like, was I always kind of like having, and maybe not depressed, but just like these really dark, sad times? And is that just coming out because of my own personal trauma? Or was it always like that? Was I always that kind of person due to like what happened in childhood? It's it's super complex and mental health is the craziest thing when you're dealing with trauma. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and again, like that's the struggle of just talking about like, how do you take care of yourself while you're grieving and or possibly also going through anxiety, depression, you know, X, Y, and Z. You know, again, I very much tried to and or try to on an everyday basis, you know, give myself kudos for brushing my teeth, brushing my hair, especially when it was first starting eating, drinking, those types of quote unquote basic daily tasks again, feel like the heavy ball that you can't, you can't seem to control. Um, and so you take it one day at a time, um, very much me and my sister were talking about this the other day, especially because it being the week, you know, this idea of like food, comfort food and eating, you know, she had someone close to her say like, your body knows what it needs. So if it needs a donut this week, it needs a donut. If it needs McDonald's, it needs McDonald's. And that's that's okay. what we're doing for our, yeah, for our being, for our bodies. If you need to sleep for four hours in the middle of the day, like that's what we're doing. If we're not getting out of bed, that's what we're doing. And again, comparing, there's little comparisons here to, again, that level of depression. 
um, and or depressive tendencies to where, again, it just feels heightened. And it just like I felt heavy for probably the first six months after just carrying around what felt like, again, this grief buddy to always remind you that it's here. And so, so yeah, listening to your body and like taking care of what you needed was a big part of just getting through this year. Therapy is always pure gold um, when it comes to that. Um, Staying around my safe people. And what I mean by that is people I don't have as much anxiety around if I needed to have a moment or if I cried or again, if we had to leave early from something, I knew like they wouldn't be mad at me. Like, and again, like not that like all of my friends circle wouldn't understand that, but there are just different levels of people in your life that you just feel a certain way to say, okay, we need to go, or I'm having a panic attack. I need you to help me breathe, you know, like, so that's what I kind of deem as my safe person. And I say all of this like nonchalantly, like, yeah, this is what I did in the year, but it is frustrating as hell. It is frustrating as hell when you're invited to something, but you can't get off the couch. Um, You want to show up on social media. You want to continue with your business, but you can't because you don't have the capacity or the energy to do those things because you're taking care of yourself. Grief is a thief in many ways, in almost every way. And so again, surviving it just takes, I think one of your questions was like, how do you like keep going. And it's funny that you asked that because my therapist asked me that recently, like, you know, why keep going? Like, where's, what's the deeper part of this? And I think first and foremost, like mom just raised us to stand on our own. Mom very much taught us to command a room, whether with a joke, our style, just our presence. Like mom very much showed us those things and or like I know that there is more to my life than grief and or this loss so that's what keeps me going um this very much is part of my journey but it's not my entire journey that was an amazing answer by the way I don't remember what I asked but that truly was amazing And grief anxiety, just to touch back on that really quick, I have never heard that term before. And I think it's so interesting because as you were explaining that, like, if I go somewhere, are people going to think of me as the person who lost my mom? What is someone going to ask me, hey, what does your mom do for a living? Oh, things like that. I immediately... And I was just saying earlier to you, and I don't mean to like change the subject like this, but I was saying earlier how I can't relate to grief, but I'm realizing in this moment as you're talking that I can because my dad had left when my brother and I were 10 and it's not like he's dead, but he's not around. And I always say kind of as like a dark humor joke, like he might as well just be dead. Um, But 
it's when still you, a loss. It's, it's still, still a, loss. a loss. Yeah. And as you said, grief, anxiety, I feel that literally all the time to in like, it's like apples to oranges, but if yeah. someone were to be like, Oh, what do your parents do for a living? Or, you know, any question that could involve things like that, or when people make comments like, Oh, are you going home to your parents' house? Or are you doing this and that? And it's just, you feel this tightness in your chest and you're just like, it's not like that. Like it's, I don't like that. There is, it, it does give you anxiety. You get this sense of like, Ugh, like this urge or like this, like, I don't yeah. even know how to explain it. Well, yeah. And then if they don't know, and then you say like, oh yeah, my, either my dad's not in my life. Oh, my mom passed. Then they feel some type of way, but then I feel some type of way that they feel some type of way. So it just adds on to maybe this level of like being a burden um, and or just having those conversations, even though it's very matter of fact. And again, you just process it. But yeah. Do you feel like even with the people that you feel really safe around, like your safe people, do you still find it hard to have conversations with them about the way that you're feeling? Yeah. Grief is lonely. Grief, no matter how you cut it, is lonely. We're talking about it right now. And again, you can't necessarily relate on my level, but we're still very openly talking about this. But also even still, if I was talking to my sister and we were having some of the similar feelings, we still have to go to bed at night with whatever we're thinking about in our head, with whatever emotions we're having, with whatever level of missing mom we're on. And so like no one can no one can fix that. And that's what I know certain people in my life. It's just hard. It's just hard for them to like for me, like I'm a fixer in life, like and to know I can't make something better or I can't help something like that breaks my heart because, again, it, they just know that someone they love is in pain and is hurting. You know, I can very much tell you that I miss my mom. But all you can say is, I'm sorry. You know what I mean? And so it's just grief is is a very lonely um, space to be, um, whether you're talking to somebody who has experienced something similar or you're not. Yeah. And at the end of the day, and I just wrote this in my notes the other day, it's one of those things where, at, and again, we've talked about this before, but it's like at the end of the day, the only person that can heal yourself, move on, do the things, can grieve the way you have to grieve or deal with whatever mental health struggles you're going through that day. At the end of the day, the only person that can help that is you, you, even if you go to therapy, even if you have support systems, even if you, that one person's like, you can literally tell me anything, drop the bombs, let's just talk. At the end of the day, yes, that's all fine and good, but I think we forget that it really is up to us and it's scary, but it's also something where we do have to give ourselves compassion and grace because for you in this case, I mean, you've woken up every single day since April 1st, 2022, and you've done what you had to do. You're doing the things you're, if it feels like surviving, you're surviving that day. If you're thriving, you're thriving. And I just think that it's a lot harder said than done, but it, you know, at the end of the day, it is, it is all, all on us. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Do you feel like grief has made you, and I don't want to say like a better person because you're a great person regardless, but you know how trauma can, you look back on it and you're like, 
I became X, Y, and Z because this shitty ass thing happened to me. Do you feel yeah. like you have any of those? Yeah. And, and I, um, I think again, that's a journey that's part of our self journeys. Cause I, I very much, when you're in the thick of the grief, again, me saying, I try to do my best to give myself kudos, like, but again, I'll be in therapy and she's like, you're doing a lot of work. Like you're doing more than you think you're doing. But again, when you, you feel like you're in this forever foggy forest and you still can't see clearly, you still feel lost and you still feel like you're working so hard every day to stay lost. And so like, I don't remember the question, but I think, um, can you just rephrase the question so I can. Do you feel like grief has made you find these positive things about yourself? Yes. So, um, grief has definitely changed me. Um, but I still think I'm figuring out like pinpointing what those exact things may be. Again, this extra level of losing a parent, it makes you see life very differently. Like I remember the first time somebody said to me, like, it's going to be okay. And my response was, you don't know that. And that's because like, I can't trust that because I've now had an experience where it was not okay. It wasn't, you know, the, the moments leading up to them pronouncing her, you wanted to hope it was okay and that she was going to be fine and she wasn't. So now with just different circumstances or situations, I cannot believe that it's going to be okay. I can only believe the end result. Do you feel like you will, and I know that grief is ongoing forever, but do you feel like grief or that you feel normal now that a year has gone by or that you have days where you feel normal at all? Or do you feel like your days are just you feeling quote unquote normal with this grief kind of with you. Yeah. So I think that can be unpacked in just different layers. And so losing mom brought then a trickle of just different things that then occurred. And so this last year I have felt like I'm still just surviving. We're still just getting through every day and navigating what these what these things, what life, et cetera, looks like. And so um, mom passing um, was the first domino. And then from there, like our childhood home sold. And then from there, I moved into my own space, but also into a new city. Um, and in that, like, I only have a handful of people versus a community where I was prior to walk through this. And so again, that can feel lonely to where again, like starting new jobs, like my life was put on hold for a little bit. So like, there's just been this trickle of, of grief in layers, but yes, I lost my mom, but I also just lost what was. And that is just a whole different avenue 
um, of grieving, um, but it's still something that I'm still working through of just, because again, it, it, in the moment, it felt like the days were so long and we weren't going to get through them. But looking back, it's like that happened so fast. Cause I don't even know where 365 days went, let alone the six months after to where at the end of that six months, I then moved. Like it just, everything just still feels like, again, a nightmare that we haven't woke up from, you know? Right. Yeah. And I, it's, it's true. You went through not just one massive change. Most people just go through that, but you went through, oh, now I have to pack my whole life up. My childhood home is being sold. My dad's moving somewhere else. I have to, I have to move somewhere else and figure out life completely differently now in so many different ways. And let alone having a business online, running it by yourself, that is so hard all within itself, especially going through the grieving process and wanting to show up for yourself. But I mean, personally, I am so proud of you for, and I've, again, I said this to you, but it's like, you're doing the things you have to do to make you feel like life is coming back together for yourself, whether that takes a year, five years, 10 years, whatever it is, you're doing the things that you have to do to feel quote unquote normal again with this ball or backpack of grief that you hold all the time. Yeah. And there definitely have been glimpses on certain days where it's like, oh, hey, Jade, where you been? You know, like, oh, I've missed you, you know, like, or again, like, even, I don't know if you'll, if you've noticed this, but like in certain self-portraits, there aren't a lot that I smile in. Um, it's either very like serious and like sultry or very sad. Or again, like even right now I'm wearing a black sweatshirt, like over this last year, I really think it's been like sweats, PJs, biker shorts, sweatshirts, because that was all I could do. And so, so yeah, again, like there is no timeline either for like how you figure the things out. Um, it is just one, there's no rule book on grief. Like nobody says like, oh, you lost a parent. Here's a book. And I'm sure there is a book on it, but like you still have to figure out life as you know it without a parent um, and or in my case, just without my mom and figuring out who Jade is outside of her. I mean, like when I was a kid, they called me little Tina because like I just took on her very like larger than life, charismatic, like everybody knew when she walked into the room type aura about her and um, very quick witted always had a joke, always had a scripture, always had something to share with you. Um, and again, there's definitely, I still hold those characteristics um, within me. They're just not here currently because of the situation we're in, you know, like, and so I want to get back to a point, but also knowing too that whatever is ahead, I will never be the Jade that was before my mom passed. And that's a whole grieving journey again, all within itself. Correct. Because again, whether you're able to pinpoint it or not, like 
your life and your being are forever changed. Um, depending on who you lost, but especially being a part of the, I lost a parent club. Right. Yeah. Cause there are so many, like you said, moments and things that are happening in your future where you have to always have that in the back of your mind. How am I going to navigate this moment, this event, this, whatever that's going on without whoever it is that you've lost. And that's something that not a lot of people really ever think about because nobody talks about it. Something too that like people, I didn't really even comprehend until after I lost my mom. Every show you watch has a mom in it or a parent. Like I like, and then again, Disney movies, forget it. Like a parent or somebody always dies within the first, you know, 20 minutes. Like, and that was a whole adjustment too of just, again, just there were so many places where you didn't think mom was going to show up or something was going to happen to the mom or whatever the case may be. And like the simplest things as watching TV can bring you to a meltdown to where you're done for the rest of the day. Right. And that, that, that's hard. That's even still a year later, again, like I said, like I had that moment at the restaurant, but like I was talking to my sister the day and then I hung up and then one of my parents' wedding songs was on the radio. So it's like, there's always moments you could be having the best day, but if a moment comes, it just puts you right back to, yeah, you're the grieving girl. You're the sad girl. And again, that's what's hard. And I, I asked this on my story one day. Um, and maybe it was imposter syndrome or what or not. I didn't keep it up, but I asked the question of like, does me sharing my sadness or me sharing my mental health affect my level of expertise? Like, does me be me being in a sad season changed if you want to work with me or not? Because that's hard in the online space. Again, I very much would still share my journey in that. I just think sometimes like it can be hard to still show that you have it all together. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that you also realize in this journey, the people that are emotionally capable and available and intelligent enough to be able to realize that your mental health doesn't define everything in your life it never would and it never should. And it almost opens up all these doors to like, oh shit, you can't handle me on a bad day. You're not, you don't have the energy for it. Fine. I'm, I'm, that's okay. And if you can't communicate that to me, that's on you. Yeah. But I think that's hard in a space where like, it's not a conversation more so as, as it's a business. And I think that's where the lines can feel heavier um, because again, they're coming to you for a service. And so very much, of course, we want to say certain things or again, like with different relationships, we want to stand that ground. But I think just for me in terms of like processing, like, oh, or people are seeing me be sad and talk about my feelings and cry and I don't know that they're going to work with me now or like know when it's okay to work. So it's like, that's a whole level too of just figuring out, like, 
I can show up and be, you know, vivacious Jade, but like, are people still wondering where I'm at in terms of like feelings and grieving? And so, yeah, I don't know. Again, like, I don't know when that might go away for me, this idea that everyone's thinking about me on some level because I'm the sad person. Or again, that literally just is my anxiety of like, do people really care about that shit? Um, or is it just my heightened anxiety because I'm sharing a lot of my my life on social media? But yeah. It's probably a little bit of both. I was just in therapy yesterday talking about my anxious attachment style and how I, you feel like you start attaching storylines to things that people haven't said or whatever. Correct. Yeah. Correct. And it's easier for you to say all this shit because you can have control over it. You're like, well, if they do, I can then like, then I have it all down. Like then I'm in control because I know the storylines people are saying quote unquote, when nobody said anything like that at all. And it's tough because then it's like intrusive and it's looping. Right. right. Mm -hmm. And then you get to a point where you're just like, it's my fault. Everything's my fault. I'm so messed up right now. And quote unquote broken and yeah all of these things and yeah you just go down this spiral of like well great (laughs) yeah literally but question for you and this again has just to do with your personal opinion and what you're looking for but what is the best way for someone who knows somebody else that's going through a grieving process or dealing with grief what's the best way in your opinion for them to be able to support that person through it. Yeah, I think asking versus assuming is always a good place to start. And so ask them what they need or what they want versus just, you know, going in for that hug. Like, I might not want anybody to touch me right now. Like, especially like very early on, like depending on who the person was, like I just, that's too much for me right now. Like I can't, you know, um, And understand, too, that, again, like, if they choose to stay in or if they say no or, again, if they leave early, um, it doesn't have to be justified to you. You just have to, you know, maybe check in later if you want um, or, again, just know that, like, for me, I would probably say, like, hey, I just have to leave early. I'm just not feeling myself or whatever the case may be. And then I would, which still brings me anxiety, but those are the things that I would say, um, or again, like, no, I can't go or, um, very much too. I'd probably just find a reason versus me saying, I'm just going to stay in because again, that I feel like that always makes somebody then say like, no, come out. Like, let's, you know, da, 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 da. and it's like, no, I can't because social anxiety right now because trauma. Um, and then too, like if they are having a moment or again, they need to take a moment or again, they just start crying, like give them like a minute or two to just let them feel what they need to feel. And then maybe go in and say like, again, what do you need? How can I help? What can I do for you right now? And the answer may still be nothing. 
And that's valid too. And maybe they just need you to hold their hand or maybe they just need you to be in that same space as you're kind of going through whatever you're going through. Yeah, I think the two biggest things for sure that I'm hearing is asking questions kind of always Correct. instead of being the the fixer all the time, feeling like, oh, I know the answer. Oh, if I just give her an option you know, to stop crying, maybe she'll feel better. And then not taking things personally. When you know someone's going through something, don't be like, oh, she's not coming out. I know that she would just have a great time if she was just out with me right now. No, just be okay that, you know, they'll tell you what they need. And if it's nothing at the time, that's okay too. Right. Well, and again, um, for me, just again, with this level of grief anxiety, like I said, came this level of social anxiety to be out and about. And again, especially being where I used to live because everybody knew my mom. My mom had a larger than life real estate career, 25 plus years in the business. She grew up there. So like literally everybody knew her. So like even a day or two after I had to go to the grocery store and I literally went like celebrity incognito, like baseball cap, hoodies, sunglasses, like with Joe Goldberg. Well, and it was a Sunday. So like we, our church was right down the road that we had gone to our entire lives. And I was like, someone's going to see me. I went with another one of my really good friends, just as like, almost like a bodyguard, <laughs> like leave me alone. Um, and um, one person recognized me and they go, I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to give you a hug. And just because of who she was, I knew that I could embrace this hug. But as soon as she hugged me, I just started to cry. I just, this was literally again, like two days after I just started to cry. And so again, this level of anxiety, social anxiety, knowing that or And again, being my own worst enemy of thinking everybody knows I'm the sad set friend. Everybody's waiting for me to start crying. Somebody's going to ask the wrong question. You know, so like that, that was part of my grief journey too, of just not knowing how to go out and or be around people that just didn't get it or know like where I was at on this grief journey. Yeah. What would you say to someone who's going through a grieving process right now and is feeling pretty darn lost? I would say, yeah, I think that's hard because I don't even know what to say to myself some days, but it's relative, you know? Yeah. I think too, it's just always going back to like, what do you need? Again, this if somebody wants you to go out, if you're if your first inclination is, yeah, I'm not going, we're not thinking anymore about it. We're not going. If you need to call out of work, that's what we're doing. If we're staying in bed all day, like that's what we're doing. If we need to go see our best friend, like that's what we're doing. I think being having an extreme heightened sense of being self-aware during the grieving process um, is what has helped me navigate some things. And again, the not the idea, but 
grief doesn't have a timeline. And so again, if you still feel like you're in this shock phase, then you are in the shock phase. And so we're triaging every day of just what do we need? What does this look like? This, that, and the other. And something I'll say too, which I still struggle with is just learning to accept, allow the help when it comes or somebody that just wants to come sit on the couch with you for hours and watch stupid TV or again, the person who will answer when you have that panic attack, like, oh, like having those people, you know, like I talked about just some of my safe people of just today's a really bad day and I need to talk to somebody. And maybe it's not necessarily always a safe person, but even just a hotline, some level of resource or outreach. It could be your therapist for when you just might have to say certain things out loud um, or talk about them with not necessarily needing an answer. Um, Because again, like I said earlier, grief is lonely. And so you will have to take the journey with yourself to figure out what you need. And with time, you'll figure out what that looks like and what you do need. You may still feel guilty about it. Um, But that's another level of processing versus just not doing what you need. Because I think that, and to be fair, in, in the very beginning, you might not always know what you need. And so that's kind of where this cycle becomes of, becomes like a, we get up, we do, maybe we eat, maybe we sleep and we do it again the next day until we kind of, there's like seven stages to grief or something. Yeah. Seven. Yeah. So I haven't, I don't know all of the seven, but they're, you know, I've probably been through a lot of them. So yeah, but like as you're first starting, it's all overwhelming. And so I'm definitely going on a little bit of a tangent here with all of this, but yeah. And I again I'm I'm a year into this and I'm still figuring that out. I'm still figuring out what I'm what I need to tell myself on any given day, just with different situations. And so yeah, I think the biggest thing is just allowing yourself to do what you need for yourself. Yeah. And not setting expectations for how you think you should feel by a certain day. Yeah. And I will say too, like, there's no one way to grieve. There is no right or wrong here. You, you grieve how you need to grieve. So again, if I turn my phone off for a month, I turn my phone off for a month. If I, I don't know, sleep for 24 hours straight, I sleep for 24 hours straight. You know what I mean? Like they're, not that we have to necessarily tell anybody any any of the ways that we're choosing to cope or to grieve um but there is there is no you do what you need versus you doing what you think you need to do because of where you're at on this journey yeah no that's i think that's really great advice especially for people that like to have that sense of control all the time and they're like I just want to control how every single day of my life I'm going to wake up and how it's going to be. It's unpredictable. Again, I don't I don't know that from a personal standpoint. I just feel like 
in something that happened so unexpectedly or however it went down, it's going to be an unpredictable process. Your healing journey, your grieving, your mental health, everything. Yeah. Grief takes the control (laughs) when it happens. The trauma, the grief, the coping like that, that, that gets put in the driver's seat of just navigating. So last, last thing, and then I do want to get into how people can find you online and where they can chat with you, but what is something you would say to your mom right now if she was here with you? So I actually gave my mom's eulogy and I promised her different things in this eulogy. And so I would just tell her like, I kept my promises, (laughs) you know, we've, we're taking care of dad and dad's okay. We went to the beach with Aunt Barbara. Um, you know, Clyde's still waiting for you to come home. Um, and that again, just life is not the same without her here. And we just uh love and miss her very much. And I will also say to Tina that your daughter's doing a badass fucking job and she's one of the coolest people I've ever met and we met online and that's cool thanks girl you're welcome um really quick just transitioning why don't you quickly tell us about what your online business is what you do and where people can find you um, yeah, so like I said in the beginning, uh, my name is G Destiny. My handle on both Instagram and TikTok is I am G Destiny. Um, I do a lot of self and body empowerment work. Um, I kind of lived a life um, in a, I've lived a, an entire life in a fat body. And in that journey, um, I, I just felt invisible being the fat kid, being the ex church kid. Um, um, now with this level of grief and mental health, um, this idea of feeling invisible or never feeling seen has always followed me. Um, and so I, over the last year or so, have kind of taken that power back to um, make myself be seen um, while also just allowing people in my space that see me for every facet, whether it's the grieving or whether it's me in a string bikini, right? So we're currently doing 365 fat portraits, which is 365 self portraits just in a fat body. Um, and you know, my goal, uh, for the next coming months are really trying to, so get into this plus size modeling content creation, um, realm. Um, and so if you want to follow any and all of that journey, you are more than welcome to on the socials. And I, you know, if TikTok get banned, please hit me on the Instagram and I'm sure I'll find YouTube or there's this new one coming out. And so, um, yeah. And of course to my email, if anyone would prefer that is just hello at the jdestiny.com. Um, yeah. Yay. And I will put that all in the show notes as well. Jade, thank you so much for coming on. Oh my God, thank you. This again, when you asked me, I was truly honored. I started crying. Um, because again, just being the grieving person, like nobody necessarily asks to hear your story. Or again, 
it's this, again, extra level of feeling seen for sharing your story. Um, and so I truly, truly appreciate um, being asked. Forever and always. Oh, oh, oh.